Here we go. Josh had a rant saved up, yes, so I want to hear this rant. rant. Uh, uh, so, so let's 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 uh, in and that at and that aspect is. Come on, I he you go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, what was it? Ah, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I, I feel a little bit sorry for Josh sometimes with that intro, and then I realize, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> even Josh doesn't feel sorry for himself. He's shake, sitting here shaking his head no. <laughs> what are you even looking at? What are you looking at, sir? Planes. Now I am. <laughs> He's looking at planes. Come on, I'm looking at... at He's looking at planes. Um, Manamar passenger jet lands safely after landing gear fails. Yeah, okay. he, he's looking at planes. Anyways, <laughs> this year, this year, year, wow, I need to get myself in alignment here. This week, yes. <laughs> hopefully all audio issues are fixed. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> that was my fault because I was like, oh, let me do a firmware update. Da, 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 da. What could go wrong? Well, well, as you heard last week, that went wrong. <laughs> and that was the better of the two recorders. I think I played for Aaron and Josh the other recording a little bit in our uh, group chat. And oh, where yes. it was just. Yeah. That was what it recorded. And I was like, oh, that's not useful at all. That, that That's a problem. Just slightly. With sub, you lose sub. Yeah, that's that's okay. That is okay. We, I think we 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 did okay. What? Yeah. Guess what? What's that? Today is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Yes, it is Mother's Day. <laughs> they played the recording. <laughs> Woo! Look at that. And did you all spend time with your mothers? I know Josh is going to spend time later mm-hmm. with his mothers at the Cheesecake Factory. Nice. You. Ew. Aaron, did, have you spent time with your mother today? I said hi to her. You said <laughs> hi to her. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. The, uh, I I should have said happy Mother's Day right away. Yeah. For well, myself first. But what stopped you? But Max uh, texted me and he said, hey, tell your mom happy Mother's Day for me. So I did him first before I did me. So... Someone who's not even a part of your family said happy Mother's Day to your mother before you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I did get her a card. Okay. Have I gotten to, to her yet? No. Mm, at least she'll get it before she listens to this, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I hope. I was like, wait, this is going to be on Tuesday. Tuesday so. night. <laughs> so, yes. I mean, it's in my room right now waiting. Okay, so on Wednesday, if you're like, oh, I still haven't given the card, to <laughs> then we don't. Whoa! <laughs> wow, okay. Well, Got some excited chitlins over here. Eh, we can't be sad or upset with them. They gave us tacos. Yeah. <gasps> they hand deliver tacos to us tacos. in the room. <laughs> They're like, would you like some tacos? No, we're good. Here, here's tacos. Here's tacos. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Not saying no to free tacos. Are you sure? And I- avocado. Yeah, and avocado, which is nice. So yeah, it's another week here on Use Your Words, and um, it's interesting. I'm, I was looking at some of the download stats. You know, we picked up some people in Switzerland, which is Switz. Yep, 
for whoever you are in Ireland that's listening, <laughs> thank you. I mean, so I, cool. And we're we're talking fifty four downloads in Ireland, so that's more than you know one to two down two people. So that's right. that that just blows my mind a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, no, thank you. Uh, it's this has been an interesting little experiment as this has come along, and I'm glad that both of you have come along on this ride with me. Uh, both the good and the bad. And I was like, wait, who are you talking to now? You two. I thought you were talking about the people in Ireland. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many people are in Ireland listening. I just know that there's 54 downloads. Sick. So, but that, that's that's good. I Hey, you know what? I, I'm happy. that. So I said, thank you both for coming on this little experiment. Yes. You, nothing? <laughs> You're just going to sit here and bob your head all day? Yeah, apparently so. <sighs> so, you know, uh, we're going to continue on the conversation today a little bit more mm-hmm. about what we started last week. And then uh, we were, we're we're putting behind the scenes the final details for next week on how that's all going to work. Okay. And, yep, exactly. But before we get to any of that, I mean, we have to <sighs> do we have to live with a tradition. <laughs> <laughs> what, that's what? how I feel about this, right? <laughs> why, why do you feel about this? No, okay. Well, like I said, your word this week isn't that bad. <laughs> for for what you think, I don't look at words in the vocabulary dictionary thing. Well, it's not like I sit there and spend time in the dictionary either. <laughs> All right, lay it on me. Your word this week is mini beast. What? Mini beast. Mini beast. Mini beast. Yep. M I N I B E A S T. I mean, uh, well, a mini. uh, How is there a definition for that? There is. Uh, Let me give you the example sentence. An explorer day on May 28th will see an activity day for children and the chance to get up and close and personal with mini beast. With mini beast. Yep. Not with uh, one, I guess. What? Is it just like a, oh, it's just a small, like, animal of some beastly animal? A small, beastly animal? Yeah. All right. It, uh, All right. That's your definition? Yep. All right. So a mini beast is a small invertebrate animal, such as an insect or a spider. That's disgusting. <laughs> So what? Why is that a mini beast? That that is not very beastly at all. Well, I mean, for you they are. They make you run away and (laughs) scream and run in the other direction. (laughs) No what? (laughs) What? Nothing. (laughs) Okay, go ahead and peel your skin there. Yeah, it's annoying. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Johnson. So yeah, I saw that one and I was like, it was either between that or another a phrase, and I decided I won't do phrases with you. I'll well, just do Can words. I hear the phrase since you didn't use it, or are you going to use it another time? No, I said I'm not going to use the phrase with you. Uh, oh. the, the, word, the phrase is latchkey incontinence. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nada. <laughs> Josh, you can talk. You don't have to yeah, sit there. Yeah, why are you so quiet? <laughs> You're not a mime or whatever those things are. That would be a mime. Yes. Latchkey incontinence is the, it's a phrase used where basically the closer you get to your door of your house or your apartment and like as you twist the, 
the key in the door to unlock it, the stronger the urge to use the restroom is. <laughs> I can't say I've ever felt that. Oh, I before. have. I have. Because you're just all the more closer to that final goal. Yeah, exactly. And then, so as you get there and as you're turning it, like your bladder's like feeling like it's going to release more. Oh, and that's more. definitely Josh. Yeah. That's, that's definitely Josh. He goes to that every time he, before he leaves his house. That's why and, one, and, and one more here. So, yeah. So I, I came across that one. I was like, oh, that, that's interesting. Latchkey incontinence. Yeah, yeet. So now there's a. Right, did you just seriously do that? Yeah, yeet. Yes. He did just yeah, yeet. <sighs> Might need a button of you doing yeah, yeet now. <laughs> just so I can have it in your head so much that you no longer use the, it. I hate it. Yep. I'll never hate the yeet. <laughs> oh my gosh. That I do not like. <laughs> See, I can do it. I have the power. I've got the power. Yep. Here's another one. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> and since they're all recorded on individual tracks, guess what? It's easy for me to get it. Wow. Yep. There's Way no running now. Well, no, there's running, but I just won't get anywhere. There was never any running ever. Well, I guess maybe not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Same for me, sir. Same for me. <laughs> Same for me. So, uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm like, how do I transition that one away? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Well, I just have to do a hard wee. Um, I, mm. So, so <laughs> this week we're continuing on um, mental health month, May thing. Um, sorry, I was just taking off my glasses because they were sitting weird underneath my headphones. Um, and I guess this is something maybe I wanted to talk about a little bit, maybe more because I've seen this. I've seen both the good and the bad of this. And of the the whole churchy thingy, the whole churchy thingy. Wow, very very um very descriptive. Yes, there. thank you. Um, so the churchy thingy, as Aaron says, <laughs> is the fact that there and like i said there are churches are doing this i guess you could say right where they're not they're doing it right (laughs) that's the only way i can put it um is he right or is he right (laughs) you know where where sometimes and i've seen this personally people who have some sort of mental health issue be that depression bipolar multiple personality um Aaronism, no, whatever, whatever that is, and I'm kidding, Aaron. <laughs> Although I think you have to have it's, something. Oh, I do. Because, because, because what? What? Yeah, exactly. Um, but where the churches are kind of failing people from who are having these issues, um, and I know, and again, I'm going to preface it with this. I love my mother, and uh, obviously today's Mother's Day, so it's like, oh, great, I'm going to talk bad about my mother on Mother's Day. Oh, you better not, boy. But that being said, the thing that drives me probably the most nuts, yes, that's my mother. Good job. You pulled up a photo of my mother. I'm just so you can say it to her face. Oh, I've said this to her face many times. (laughs) There's no question about this, because I've said this to her face many times. Okay. Um that drives me nuts is she is of the mindset that 
you don't need to take any medication if Gwen's like suffering from depression and that. And she's like, just pray it away. Pray it away. And I'm like, it, it doesn't work like that, Mother Dearest. Mm. <laughs> you know, and I call her Mother Dearest for the older people who understand where that movie's from. I don't say it because of the movie. I say it because that's just something I've always said to her. I've always said oh. Mother Dearest. Because <laughs> in the movie, I, what, what there, movie, there was a movie called Mother Dearest. Oh. And the mother uh, was like a very abusive to their kid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've just always said Mother Dearest. I never even knew about the movie until recently. So <laughs> it's just something I've always said. So I've, never, I've never known about that movie. Your parents probably know about it because it's an old movie. Well, my parents old? Well, well, considering that most of the time whenever I come over to your house, are usually watching a black and white film. That kind of speaks for itself. Does it? People can't and young people can't enjoy black and white movies. That and you're the oopsie baby surprise baby. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're planning on having you that old. <laughs> well, I mean, mom kind of was, but dad wasn't expecting it. Yeah, so, so let me guess. it's probably one of those situations where dad's like, no, mom's like, yeah. and mom goes, oops, I forgot to take the pill. <laughs> So that's not how it happened. Actually, it was the pastor from Grace Church at the time. Oh, no. Convicted my dad, apparently, to give it another shot. And then, <laughs> wait, hey, here I am now. What was the message? Did it, I was did ta- it? He, was ta- I mean, he was talking about family. Um, we and, actually, yeah. we, you know, you know the, uh, the family, the doctor family from my church. Yeah. Um, they, uh, they were on. Um, you know, birth control. They they got a bunch of kids, and they were like, "Well, should we be using birth control or should we not be using birth control?" And they did a whole sermon on birth control, and they stopped <laughs> using it. And out came another kid. Okay, oh, so we, we we went we went from my mother stigmatizing me about taking medication for my depression <laughs> birth to birth control. control. To birth control. <laughs> I have no words. <laughs> there are no need for words. But then how are we supposed oh. to use them? Wow. <laughs> but there are need for moans and groans. Anyways, oh. back, back on topic. Back on topic. Before um, this is cut short due to murder. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's getting hot and up in here. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah. That, I, my mom, I would say, you know, like I said, I love her. But I, I'm finding with talking to certain people that that's not that uncommon, especially in the Christian area. The but, whole pray it away thing? Yeah. You know, and, and unfortunately, we do that a lot with, well, I shouldn't say, yes, I will say this. Um, there's a church, there's certain segments of Christianity where they, everything is, don't do the medical thing, just pray it away. You know, they used to have those things, you know, pray away the gay, pray away. Oh, remember, the, remember that. that stuff? I do remember you that. You know, and I think that was probably more hurtful and harmful in that case. And it is definitely in this case with a uh, mental health issue as well. See, um, oh. I was going to say, is, you're talking about praying it away. Uh, the, the same family I was just talking about with the, the whole birth control. Um, all their boys have ADHD, uh-huh. severe ADHD. And they were on medication for you know, most of their childhood. 
And then their mom started getting into this whole um, essential oils thing. And oh, they bet. started they, they started going down the route of that and, and praying. And somehow the boys no longer need to be on medication. They've come to a point to where it's controlled not only by them, but also just by, I think it's just things that they do to help. It's it's interesting. They're completely off medication, and they've been off medication for years now. Um, and you wouldn't even think they have ADHD. So, but no, but I mean, there are some things that you do need to take medication for, um, especially because our the flesh is broken to the point, and in some cases, to the point where it is unpatchable, and that is just a um, uh, a side effect of sin. Um, and yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so. I was just giving a little snippet on, on something. Uh, tangent. I'm, I'm going to what throw a couple things out on that one. On what? Oh, uh, boy. On, on what Josh just said here. I, I, I said the one, two words that he does not like. Oh, I'm not even going to talk about essential oils. <laughs> oh. I'm not even going to delve into that one. Um, that's a whole other conversation. And they have their place for smelling nice. And that's about they it. They do smell good. But. What where I am going to go on that, regardless, essential oils or herbs or meditation or prayer or anything. Um, yeah, some of that can control like ADHD. Some of that also is sometimes, especially kids, can grow out of that sometimes. You know, so it might be a combination of some of that stuff. Yeah. So, so that's what I'm going to say on that. I, I wasn't going to be like essential oils, da, da, da. Trust me. You want to get into that? That's a whole other conversation. Not getting into that right now. <laughs> um, so the second point I wanted to loop back around to then uh, was something else you said about the sin portion on that one. Do you want to go ahead and uh, further clarify your thoughts on that one? The what? Where you were saying about how sometimes you do need the medication and it's all results of like uh, the sin portion. Well, what I was getting by that is, you know, if if there was no sin on this earth, we would mm-hmm. have no issues. There'd be no, um, nothing, nothing. There'd be no negative side effects of any sort of thing because it, the world, everything we do, everything we live in, would be perfect. There would be no wrong. Um, so that's what I was getting at. Okay, is, you know, there wouldn't be what in the Christian realm, or I should say, in the Christian dimension. Yeah, and it's something I heard. Um, I thought it was a really cool uh, message um, last Wednesday night about the two different dimensions and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but in the Christian dimension, you know, us requiring things to help hold our broken bodies in place um, are needed because of sin. So that's where I was getting with that. Um, and I do agree there are certain things to where there is some things to where the soul is not meant to live inside the body forever. So why would the soul be able to fix the body? Um, to one extent, prayer, yes. To another extent, prayer, no. Because if the body is not meant to go with the soul, then why would that be intertwined to the point where, um, not saying that miracles can't happen, but miracles are a thing more so of the past. God came, he showed the miracles, now it's up to us. Not saying that they still can't happen, but they're not like what they used to be. Okay. Um, 
And Aaron, um, I want to hear Aaron's thoughts on that. I want to hear him pop in. Um, anyways, so don't do that. You made me lose my spot. You're the one who wanted to throw to him, and <laughs> well, I, and then he didn't take it away. Anyways, um, but no, I mean there are things that are going to require physical uh, assistance of if it's a substance or if it's a mechanical assistance. Um, because there's no point for our bodies to hard way. I mean, somebody who's wanted to do certain things in their life and they can't because of the certain circumstances of my body. Um, why would our bodies become perfect if they're not coming with mm-hmm. us to heaven? Um, and with that also being said, why should we, as much as we want to, our, 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 um, uh, I wrote this down in a book. It was really, it was really, it was worded really well about sin and how at the bottom of our heart, we may want to do good. We may want to glorify God, but our sinful habits that we have inherited and that we have uh, grown into will yank us back. And it's kind of kind of the same thing with the body, too. You know, we can't make our bodies perfect. We can't make it 100% holy. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing that we have can really do that as much as civilization will always try to make perfect humans uh try to make it to where there is no disability no disease um that just can't happen um so because there's too much of us there's not enough resources and it's just not meant to be um but yes go back to you on what you were talking about with your mother and and pills and and praying (laughs) i i I agree i mean there's there's only so much you can do um and i guess some some people, if there are some Christians out there that are listening to the podcast right now, there you go. Oh well, you're doubting in God. Shame on you for doubting in in, in prayer. Um, so that, I'm not doubting in prayer, but there are things that it's going to require. It, it, it just kind of like twists. You could jump. Somebody could be jumping in the conversation right now and say, "Oh, you're doubting in God. Whatever uh-huh. you're saying, you're doubting in God." I'm not. I'm, I'm really not. I acknowledge that. There is some other things. I'm not saying that anything and everything is not 100% solvable through faith and through Christ. I mean, it is, but it's like, let me ask you this. If you're somebody who is thinking that, what if you have a really severe case of ADHD to where you have the hardest time of just sitting still? How how are you supposed to pray? Because there are times that my brain is just going so fast that I can't even, I, I, I have a hard time praying to God myself. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time sitting there still, keep my eyes closed without my brain bouncing to a different topic, a right. different thought. So if there's somebody out there, which there probably is, who's way worse than me, how are they supposed to sit there and pray? How are they supposed to sit there and concentrate to read the Bible? If they can't get there, how are they supposed to get there? Right. And that's where I'm saying it's not that I'm doubting uh, the, the power of prayer. It's just you you need to take some steps, and those steps do require pills and 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 I, that's where I agree with you, Paul. I mean yeah. it's yeah, I, I, when I threw it back to you, I wasn't like, okay, is Josh saying, oh, you need pills and that because you're sending it, it I just wanted you to kind of flush out your thoughts yeah. a little bit more, not just go, here's my thought, and back to you, <laughs> you know, thank you for flushing that out. Johnson, do you have anything that you want to add? No. Wow, that was that was very bold. Like, see, see, it's so bold. I feel like he has more energy behind that. So I think you should elaborate on why that was such a powerful no. Because I was ready for it. 
<laughs> you're ready to say something? No, I was ready for you guys to ask me something. He was ready so for he's that. ready to say something. He was ready for the no, is what he's getting at. John. But he was ready to say something. Oh okay, we're not going to get trapped in this loop here. Okay. <laughs> we're not getting trapped in this loop. Um, so, yeah. So, one of the things, I, and I'll say this, for the churches that are kind of doing this wrong is they equate, and this is what I want, like I said, I want you to explain a little bit more on your thoughts on this, Josh. Not that I'm saying that you think this, but they equate sin as in, oh, I'm depressed and suicidal. Therefore, I must have this great sin in my life that I'm not confessing, you know, that 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 I'm not dealing with. So they're saying that your way of dealing with it is by taking pills. And because you have to take pills, it's a sign of that you haven't dealt with it properly yet. Through, right. Through. You know, so, you know, whether that be, you know, I murdered someone mm-hmm. or I'm, having an affair or, you know, whatever. There's people, and I've met these people before, and uh, who who basically are like that. They're like, because you're sinning, therefore, dunk, therefore you're depressed. And I'm like, <laughs> that's not always the case. But, but I was going to say, depression is a, it's not side effect that I'm looking for. There's a certain word. It's like a byproduct of sin is depression. Is it? it I, I would say maybe it's a byproduct of the original sin. I wouldn't say it's a byproduct of sin. Yeah, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that is, thank you for <laughs> wording that correctly. And that was my original thought, too. And, I, and like, uh, I lied to somebody at work today. I'm going to go home and be depressed. You know? No, I agree. It's a byproduct of the original sin that was committed. Yeah, because if if you want to go down that route where you're saying it's a byproduct of sin in general, then everybody should be depressed, or schizophrenic, or or have ADHD, yeah, or something like that, or yeah, or be suicidal, and that's or sit with tacos in front of them and not eat them. <laughs> Aaron, um, hey, I ate before I came. Here. I know. Okay, what if they're listening to this? What if you're here? You're not eating your delicious tacos. I ate one, and it's fantastic. And I'm looking forward to finishing them after this podcast. Okay, because by then I will be hungry. Yep. So, according to an article from Sojo.net, S-O-J-O.net. Good job, Aaron. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I know. (laughs) Nearly one in five adults in the U.S., or approximately forty-three point eight million people, experience mental illness in a given year. 21.4% 21.4% of youth ages 13 to 18 will experience severe mental disorder at some point during their lifetime. That is a, that is a large amount of people who are dealing with this. I saw somewhere in the news where I was talking about America seems to have it far more worse than any other country for this whole mental issues. And yeah. all this stuff. So I just I, wonder why that would be if that's actually I wouldn't true. be surprised because I, I remember reading something. I don't have it saved, but it was talking about how um, <clears throat> actors are actually, they have some of the highest chances of developing depression are actors. And I don't have that page, but I remember reading it and I was like, really? Um, if I can pull it up, I'll pull it up. But I think a lot of that comes back down to you know, especially in the U.S., we're big consumers of social media and comparing ourselves to others. 
Um, yeah. There, there's a big chunk of that. Actors, they're always comparing themselves to other actors. They're looking at things that they have and haven't won. Um, and yes, they have all this money, but as we know, money doesn't necessarily buy happiness. Money no. just allows you to do certain things more of, like buy yeah. an $8,000 guitar or something like that. Was, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, what was interesting is last night was Mr. Case, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Mr. Okay. What? Jared, my brother, oh, was, oh in, Mr. Case. was in Mr. Case. <laughs> and for those of you who don't oh. know who Mr. Case is, um, it's... <laughs> It's before prom, and pretty much it's uh, a group of senior guys. They do skills, talents. They do dancing. It's kind of a time where you can kind of, like, be serious, but then at the same time just have fun and kind of embarrass yourself. Mm-hmm. And at the end, somebody gets crowned Mr. Case. Okay. Um, and um, the very last thing is all the guys came up with their escorts, and the escorts asked them a question, and they answered it. And one of the one of the questions was, what do you think the um, biggest issue is with social media? Okay. And the student responded with, no, I'm sorry. It was, do you think social media is um, bringing us closer together or dividing us? And the kid responded with exactly what my response would be. As much as it's bringing us closer, it's making us farther apart. Uh, because he and his, and this was his response. Okay. Okay. This is his response. That's how he sees it. I was kind of shocked because usually, you know, your idea would be, oh, I can talk to this person and they're over in Madison or they're over in Florida or they're in Europe. I can Snapchat. I can Snapchat with them. I can see them. I can Skype them, Mm -hmm. FaceTime them. You know, you can have a lot of close interactions, a lot of visual interactions with people these days. Um, but he feels that there is so much tension and ease of um, of, uh, of explosions online. You know, people can just get angry in a in, in you know snap of the fingers. Boom, they're angry, and they post what they say online. And right. he thinks that the issue with it, as much as it brings us together, is pushing us farther apart because everybody will bring that to school, and it will create even more tension in school that doesn't need to be there. And so I, you know, I was I was kind of surprised by that. Um, but, I mean, that is one way that social media can do it. Now, my response would be, as much as it allows us to, there's this, at least for me, there's this physical disconnect. I can say something through text. I don't have to worry about your immediate response. I could say something to you in person. Like, there are times where I've said something to Aaron in person, and he gives me like the, what the heck did you just say? Like he just, it's just like whatever I said causes him to give me that look of like, really? Really? Yeah, he's doing it right now. Um, and you don't get that with text. So I think one of the issues with social media is it allows people to just say what's on their mind faster without checking what they're saying. But at the same time, the less interactions we have physically, I think we lose our ability in how to handle it because we don't have that, that, that personal, physical, you know, you're right there, you know, kind of, kind of thing. That's that's my opinion on it. Yeah, I feel that depends on the person. I don't know. I I'd feel like I'd be just almost as afraid to send somebody a text message as it would be to say it to him in person. But the only thing is, like you said, it does delay the reaction. So I guess it could give you more time to prepare for a reaction. 
But or I'm still at expecting the same time, it what? could give enough time for the person to forget about their reaction to what you said. What? So, like, if I said something that irritates you, <laughs> I'm not in the same room as you. So you don't have okay. to worry about looking at me for something that I said that irritated you. Okay. Okay. So it doesn't solve things. You know me. I don't like being in a room with you when I feel there's some sort of type of tension. I don't even like being, you know, you know, at a distance with you. I like knowing if there's something, we address it, right? Oh, I'm going to use that. Take that out of context. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, but, but no. So if we're in the same room, you know, I, I bug you. I try to get it to where you speak up and we figure out what's going on. And you just like to put things down on hold. You don't want to address them when we're in person. Yeah. But when I allow you to have some space, you you come to it and you start to okay. talk more. So what I'm saying is I could say something that pisses you off over text. You may not acknowledge that it pissed you off to me, but it could have pissed you off. Now you might have this subtle irritation with me, but you never actually come to it because I'm not right there in front of you at that time that it happened. So therefore, it kind of gets put on the back burner in your brain. Okay, I'm, before we go down too many more rabbit holes, <laughs> <laughs> how's this related back to the original topic other than social media? <laughs> I didn't start talking about social media. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I said social media, and I regret this now. Okay, yeah, look what you brought upon. I know. This. <laughs> that, that, that's a whole other conversation because that, that that's and that's worthy of a conversation at some point because then I'll just say this to close this portion out here. No, uh, uh, about the social media portion <laughs> <laughs> where Tim Pool talks about how Twitter is probably the vehicle through ra- through which radicalization has happened the most in the last few years, and uh, that's a whole other conversation for another time. But <laughs> weird, yeah. Anyways, I, I regret bringing up social media now because <laughs> we went down a rabbit hole that wasn't part of the original top. But that's okay. That happens. It's just more snippets for more future stuff. Oh, no. There's one part I'll be taking out of context. <sighs> I'll be using that for a new intro. <clears throat> that's exciting. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Me too. You should be. <laughs> Me too. Mm. Uh, okay. So. Uh, so what? Sorry, I was just like, I thought someone was knocking at the door for a second. I was like, her, 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 her. Jackson, <laughs> I am, I am definitely gonna hurt you, sir. <laughs> See, I mean, maybe you are hiding something. You talking about, you know, if I murdered somebody, I mean, you started to talk about it a lot. Go look at the trunk so, of my car, see if there's what bodies there. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the keys. Oh gosh, <laughs> I didn't but if, ask that. But jokes you, on us. <laughs> He's a serial killer. His car is bodies. <sighs> anyways, I will say anyways, I will say this. Um the when I when I read the topic for today, I was like, interesting. Because I had nothing really to bring to the table. Uh-huh. I mean, I didn't really know where to start looking online. And I was like, hmm, it's probably gonna be another day. Where Paul has a bunch of scenarios he plays to us, and he kind of mm. gets our kind of gets our responses to it. Yeah. And I was thinking, the reason why I don't really have anything to bring to the table today is because there's really never anything talked about at my church. No, I don't. There's recall, a problem right there. <laughs> I do not recall because a lot of we. I mean, 
Baptists tend to do a lot of scripture reading. They base pretty much most of the most of what they talk about straight from the context of the Bible, right? And they try to they bring it into a way where it's a, where we're able to understand, and um, they bring illustrations to and from to make it more personal or relatable. Uh-huh. And uh, like today, we we were talking about oh, what was it Samuel sixteen where um, Saul's the king, and uh, Samuel has to. Uh, He's going down the. He's going through the brothers of David, and he's like this one. And God's like, no, not that one. This one, no, not that one. And then he gets all the way to the smallest kid, David, and God says, that's the man. You know. So we talk about stuff like that, but we don't we don't talk about issues as much. Um, and I've been noticing that, and it really made me think. Well, where does the Bible really talk about how to deal with depression, anxiety? Mm-hmm. I mean. Like I said, the more I learn about the brain, the more it's just like there's so much to it, which makes it there's so much that can go wrong with it. Right. How does the Bible really help us to deal with that? So, yeah, the reason why I don't have anything to bring to the table is because we really don't talk about it at church. Well, that right in and of itself right there is a thing to talk about. Why isn't that addressed? The Maybe one of the places where it should be addressed the most, where people can feel safe. To have those conversations. And it might be something where it's not necessarily talked about in the congregation as much as it is. We might actually have staff members that know how to help people with that kind of stuff. So they may try to make it more uh, one-on-one, more personal, well, more well, more private. Because mm-hmm. you know how some people don't like telling others about it. But at the same right. time, the, the nice thing about a sermon is that you still stay anonymous while they talk about the main subject, and you don't have to come out and tell people, hey, I struggle with depression, or I have suicidal thoughts, or I have uh, impulsive thinking that I can't control. Um, it's all you know, talked about there for you, and you don't even have to bring it forward. So, yeah. I, I guess where, where I'd say, you know, about that and um, is the fact that, okay, so there's some churches out in Grand Rapids, Michigan, that I know where, and there's probably some around here. I just don't know about them. They actually have counselors on staff at the church, you know, that are actually there for actual counseling, you know, so outside of the pastor, because, well, obviously, you know, pastors doing all sorts of other stuff. They might not necessarily have the time to do just counseling as well. And, you know, and if the congregation's really taking advantage of it, well, that'll keep them busy 24 seven. If we're being honest. Um, the other thing is I've also noticed, especially on Grand Rapids, um, there are churches, what they have, they have what's called broken people small groups. And these are small groups specifically for um, people who have uh, some sort of mental illness that are, you know, who are trying to live with, you know, live with it. It's not so much, yes, they do like a Bible study portion of it, but a lot of it is support for them where, hey, you know what? You have something and you need to live with others. You know, you need others who are going through the same thing. Come to this. I don't think I have seen anything around this area with that period. I think it's, I think it's also something where, um, are there a lot of big churches out there or is there a lot of small churches? Both. Both. And, and the one that I'm talking about that I know that does this is a smaller church. And, and the reason I know is I'm part of a Facebook group, a closed Facebook group for people dealing with uh, mental illness. And one of the leaders is in that group. And 
you know, he was talking about how he helps lead one and that. And so that's how I know that, that, you know, there's some out there in Michigan. Now, this group started out Grand Rapids, so it's going to be a little more skewed towards that Grand Rapids side of things. But, you know, there are people from other areas. You know, I'm in there for one. Um, but it, so it's good to see that some churches are actually putting a big emphasis on this, where it's not just something where, like, if I was suffering from depression, you know, real bad again, where I had to go and seek out the help, where they were actually advertising, hey, do you have a mental illness? Come to our group on such and such a day, you know, and get help. You know, you don't see that around here because I, I know we don't advertise it at this church. Aaron, the churches you've been visiting, have you seen anything like that? Not that I'm aware of, I guess. You know, not in the bulletin, not in the, uh, on the projector, the not in the announcements, you know. So, I mean, I, I think, and, and I'm saying this and realizing this, it's also not something that every church is equipped for either, especially a smaller church. You know, that that's something they may not have staff for or, you know, the specialty. Yeah. But if, like, let's say there was a big church around here that offered something like that, why aren't some of these smaller churches that know about it promoting it to their yeah. congregation? Saying, hey, this is something that… That can it, help you. Yeah. And so, here's something I pulled up. Um, it's from, uh, it's called PTS Blog. It's they do a bunch of stuff about ministry and social work, and it's from 2015. So you know, a couple years old now, a few years old at this point. But they they did a survey uh, to a bunch of church leaders, pastors, and that, and they you know said how many times are you approached to help people with mental illness every year? The majority, and when I say the majority, I'm talking about over 50 percent is was only two to five times. Wow. You know, and, and I'm including once in there. So one to five times, sorry. So one to five times in a year, over 50%. Only 15.8% were more than 12 times and six to 12 were seven, or 17% were six to 12 times. You know, and some actually said never. No one ever said, oh, I need help with insert mental illness here. I think, I think another thing might be is that, uh, you know, most churches don't talk about it. And so I think there's like, there might be a stereotype out there. Um, and since churches don't really talk about it, don't really open their arms to people who have that kind of issue. I mm-hmm. think a lot of people get kind of not scared away, but they, I don't want to say shy away because then it makes it sound like that person um, doesn't have enough confidence or doesn't, churches may, churches well, probably don't look like it's worth time for someone Especially if they don't see that there's no way they could possibly fit in. Okay, well, let, let me add this in here, okay? And I think this feeds into some of this. One in 15 American adults, that's actually part of quite a few, suffer from some sort of social anxiety disorder. One in 15. Yeah, that's what a study uh, released. Okay? So if you are dealing with that, and let's say it's a new, like you just moved, it's a new church. And you have some social anxiety disorder, you know, where you're, you're, you're have like this intense feeling, especially in a new situation. If you go to a church you've never been to, and let's say, you know, an usher puts you like in the middle of the row, you might get anxiety and be like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> you know, because that can happen. You know, when I got out of the hospital, I remember, you know, going to the hockey game uh, one of the nights right afterwards. 
and I just had intense anxiety. I, I like, I wanted to get out of there yeah. so bad. So, I mean, you have that and that's gonna, <laughs> that's there's, gonna cause issues. And say, there's definitely a lot of things that can culminate to that. Um, there's definitely probably more people out there that have some sort of mental illness um, and aren't plugged into the church. Uh-huh. And that's probably just one of the various reasons as to why they're not plugged into the church. Um, but at the same time, you also have you know, Aaron and I's generation who I know quite a few kids grew up in the church with me and they went to college and they have no plans on going back. Right. And I think it might be something more of they grew up with it and nothing really sat with them. Nothing really like got put in their brain. Um, nothing ever was personal for them, so they just left, and now they're not coming back. Whereas a lot of, a lot of, like my, um, my mom grew up in a Christian home. My dad grew up in a Christian home, but he started taking it serious after he was dating this girl, because this girl's father really made an impression to him. Um, so you have, I know a lot of older people have that where you know it's some grew up, but a lot of them have, oh, you know, and and it becomes personal for them, um. But just in general, I think there's there's more that the church can do, as well as the um, the population of the churches within the, the congregation size is dwindling too. So well, yeah, that's a whole other yeah. thing, though. Okay, so from both of you, and Aaron, maybe you go second, so you can think here. Since Josh said this, now I'm going to no, ask. He, he said no, so he's ready to go. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I already told me he can go second, so. Boom. And since you brought it up, you get to go first. <laughs> you brought this Please on yourself. Please tell me you're going to make a button out of that laugh, too. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, so three buttons so far against Darren. That's okay. Don't worry. I have ones for you. <clears throat> Don't worry. Anyways. <laughs> oh, wait. I don't have that up. If you think about it. See, I am so okay with that because that irritates him. Yep. Anyways, so something you said is something I want to explore a little bit further. And Uh-oh. I want to hear your thoughts on this. And what I, did and I, I say? and I want to hear both of your thoughts before I give my thoughts on this. That's not good. That means I'm not thinking right. No, 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 no. You're jumping along the same lines I want to go through. So seems like I do that a lot. We make a great team. That's fine. Um, so something you said was that churches need to do better with helping those with mental health issues and that, you know, whether that's, you know, how they present stuff or do stuff. What are some things that, I guess, the church community, I'm not just saying the pastor, I'm not, because the church community is more than just the pastor. It's the congregation and everyone else that's involved. What are some things that the, from your perspective, now I'm asking from your perspective, like I said, I'll give my thoughts after both of you go. So Aaron, be prepared. You're next. Don't fall asleep. (laughs) Yeah. What are some things that the church community could do better in that regard? What is the church not doing right I, is another way you could think of that. For, the body of the church. Yeah. I'm talking about the whole body because I would say, I guess, I guess one of the things is, is I don't work in a church. I don't work in a large church. I mean, you got the pastor, you got, you know, other pastors, they all work you know, they, they create right. messages, they find ways to uh, get plugged in with the community. So I, I, I guess what I said before about the church could do more, I guess I don't exactly know. So it's not like if, if you are somebody who's listening right now, it's not like I'm trying to 
saying you guys aren't doing enough okay. or you guys could be doing more. I'm just just saying okay, let, I'm let, not a I don't let, know how let's it works. Not, let's not think but, of the staff. Okay. Let's think of the layman. What could we as a congregation sound like you said lame men? No, layman. Layman. Yeah. Yeah. What um, could we as a congregation, non staff, do better to support those who may be suffering from it, it could be anything from ADHD to bipolar to depression to what are some things that we could do? And we already kind of talked about, you know, if we know of a church that's doing a group, you know, advertise for them, you know, and, and, you know, hook up with them, you know, in a partnership with them sort of deal. But where are some other things? And I'm not asking you to say, well, this is what I know we should do. Just off the top of your head, what are some things that you think we could do? They have to want it. Otherwise, things won't get done. Okay. Assume they Um, want it. Okay, so assuming they uh, want assuming it, that, assuming they want to help. Ass- okay, okay, let's, no, let's assume, bad, Josh, you're on stage talking at a conference right now. Uh-huh. All these people are here attending to learn from you what they could do better. <laughs> what are your thoughts? What is your message to them? What's scary is, I'm not going to say never, because I could totally end up doing that one day. You know I would. Um. As much as I was hate it, hate it, you know I would. Um, I guess this that's kind of hard because it's like the, the easier response is everybody should go to school or everybody should get uh, rubbed up on knowledge and how to identify people with uh, certain mental issues, um, uh, how to approach people with mental issues. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff to help people directly, you know, but how do you help people without that is kind of a challenging thing to say. I mean- there's always pointing somebody in the right direction. And that's the other go-to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, besides rubbing up on knowledge and understanding and how to work with people, um, how to uh, uh, how to how to do stuff like that. Um, and the other part is just kind of the, the basic things that we're taught in church. You know, love one another, care for one another, look out for your neighbor, um, be open arms with people. You know, not saying that the church community itself needs to get. There's always room for improvement. Yeah. Always. Yep. Um, but I do see a lot, and I'm part of it. I'm part of the issue. I'll admit that. I go to church on Sundays. I'm not really plugged, plugged into grace. I just kind of go to it because it's my home church. Okay. Um, you know, my tithe goes there. Um, I like the church. I like some of the people who are on staff there. Um, but I'm not really plugged in. So I'm not benefiting my response at all. Um. But a lot of people, they go to church, they get done with church, they go home. Okay. Not a lot of people sit around and socialize. You'll have the occasional, hey, how you doing? I haven't seen you in a long time. Yeah, really, no way, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, you got a lot of that that'll happen after service or something like that. Um, but not a lot of people are, are really out to look for someone new. Look for someone new to shake their hands with. You have, I don't know if your church does this, I, I can't remember the last time that I was here and I remember it, but at Grace... They encourage us to try to move around, change our seats, and sit somewhere new. Because about 15 minutes into worship, they go, all right, now turn to, turn to people around you and say good morning. So you, everybody goes around, hey, good morning, good morning. You might walk right. down three hours, hey, good morning, morning. So they try to make this kind of this welcoming aspect, this welcoming feeling. Um, uh, but I think after services where it really is impactful, you know, if it's They'll have uh, picnics and uh, uh, lunch, lunches and stuff like that. So they try to encourage people to come, eat, talk to one another, get mm-hmm. to know someone new. Um, 
So I think if churches really did that more, it could open up doors for more conversations, for the right conversations. Um, and kind of like your story, where you you had a plan. You had a plan to end your life. And um, you went to camp, and Nathaniel Bratt said, hey, man, yeah. what's going on? And that changed it for you. And that probably could change it for a lot of other people, too, if we had this more of this gathering, this 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 bigger fellowshipping outside of church. Um, and one of the other reasons why I'm, I'm not huge in it, like I said, I'm a hypocrite with what I'm saying right now, because I don't better what I'm saying we should do. Um, but you, I think you might have places that are too big. You might have places that are too small. Okay. Yeah. Too small to where everybody knows everybody. And it's kind of like what you were saying last week. You don't want to tell your neighbor or your friend that you are struggling with depression and you're suicidal. You have people that are like that. And in those situations, a small church would be not the best place for that, especially if everybody knows each other and you've been dealing it for years and you haven't said anything. Then you also have the example of where the church might be so large. It's like nobody really keeps tabs on each other because there's so many people. Right. Um. So again, I mean, it's 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 kind of one of those things where it's like you know the the weights over here, you know, it raises up, then it drops down. Um, but the big thing I think is just people just trying to fellowship more outside. I think is is better all around. Because um, besides that, no matter what mental issue you have, we are all we're wired to be social. We are hmm. as much introverted as you might be, as I might be, as I don't know what Aaron is. He's an introvert one day. He's an extrovert the next day. Hey, everybody yeah. come on over. No, no, I just want to be home alone. I want to play Dark Souls. <laughs> all by myself. Nobody come over. I'm going to make myself mac and cheese. No, Wait, here, everybody come over. If you're making your mac and cheese, you better invite us all over. Okay, Martha? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just fellowship more outside of church. I think it's going to be the, the well, probably the, the easiest, quickest and best way to incorporate that more. I don't, I don't know. Okay. It's, I mean, it's just, no, because like I said, there's really not a whole lot you can do because it's, you almost have to be more of a specialist with that. But the easiest way is to show love. That's the easiest way. It's the easiest non-educated. Um, don't need to go to school. Don't need to read up on books. It's just loving somebody, opening your arms up, inviting them, um, in your life. I think it's probably, the easiest thing to do. Okay. Aaron, sorry. I stole the stage for, holy crap, it's already 4.30. Wow. Anyways, yeah. take it away, Aaron. Wow. Okay. Um, I don't know. To be honest, I mean, yeah, there's, I don't know. I guess to me, it all depends on the person. Everybody's different to some point. So how do you do something that would, you know, I guess help out the majority of people that have issues with it. Cause I feel like making, like making this, like people that have mental issues a target would just scare them away. That's fair. To a point. That's fair. Cause I would hate to be targeted by a church and be like, oh, I need to look out for these people because they need help. <laughs> yeah. Doing it that way would be bad. <laughs> well, and that's what when you make it, when you advertise it and make it so like, make it seem like such a huge thing, I feel like that's what would happen. Well, you're not going to be going and doing like, hey, here's a support group for mental health people. Aaron Johnson, please sign up. You're first on the list. You know, well, no, you're not, not going to do that. No, it's not that. I'm just saying even like a church is like, oh, hey, yeah, if you have mental issues or whatever and you need help with that, this is a group to do it. 
Well, the per- person that has a mental health issue could be like, well, I mean, yeah, I need help. But if I go to that and people see me go to that, then they'll know I have a mental issue. And then maybe what if they treat me differently? In the- I feel like there's I, so many bad things that could happen with it, too. I don't but, know. But you also have to remember and that the people who are there are probably also there because they have something. The no, yeah, I know. But yeah. depending on, I mean... I think his aspect is what if there are people around that aren't a part of it, but yeah. they see him go in the same direction or yeah. into the same room. And I think that's where church probably, I could be wrong, they could probably do it as a Sunday school thing, uh, but they probably might have a meeting at so-and-so's house. Yeah, and you can do week. that. Yeah, you can. That's when you were talking about having more events to like do fellowship and stuff like that with you know people from the church that's always a great thing to do um but i feel like i don't know how many churches already have a lot of other things going on on other nights yeah that's like okay well now how do we add another thing for this group of people to get them help that they need and that i guess is where a bigger church can uh help with that more because bigger church yeah yes a smaller church no um and at the same time, you know, I can see maybe why a smaller church might not want to. Well, and that's, and that's where, I, where I came back, where maybe the small church doesn't have anyone on, re- on staff to help with that, but they know other people. A, a large church does. Yeah. They partner with them to allow the. Yes. In, or at least and I can see a smaller church being kind of, I mean, I wouldn't. If it's going to help somebody, let's do it. Um, but I could maybe see some. Smaller churches not wanting to go down that route, maybe because of the, the different denominations, um, as well as maybe the fear of losing their congregation to a bigger mm-hmm. church. I could I could see that being more of a weighing factor, um, but I mean, yeah, I could. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I feel like the biggest thing the church, well, wow, phew, the, ch- the church should be concerned about is. Obviously, getting the person the help that they need. Right. Now, obviously, I guess, two point, like, if you say, you know, the, part of the congregation goes to a different church because they can help out with this better. From a financial point, that can suck for a church, because if a lot of people left the church, then they don't have, you know, so like, well, whatever, any money coming in to help pay for whatever it is that's going on in the church. Yeah, okay, I get that. They need, I mean... The building needs money and needs right. stuff to keep it going. Otherwise, it's just going to die down and turn into whatever else. But and I guess that's, ah, man, I feel like that shouldn't be a huge concern or something to worry about. Mm-hmm. I mean, being, I, I, I you believe agree. And, yeah. you know, for you, you, if you are doing, you know, stuff that, you know, that's honoring God. He's gonna. He's. I mean, event. He's gonna make it happen where you'll still be okay. Yeah, you're gonna have some rough times. That's not you know avoidable. But and in the end of the run, and you're referring about a church right now, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, just like as a building itself thing. Yeah, whatever. But um, yeah, the biggest thing is just to. I mean, love on them as Jesus would show them love, or just you know treat others as Jesus would treat them, which is hard to do. Obviously, none of us can always do that. We're all going to have bad times doing oh, that. Oh, yeah. But a big, I guess a good thing it would be to, for people to, you know, know or should learn about 
just how to notice certain actions or something like if they notice somebody with a mental illness well didn't know mm-hmm. but they saw them do some sort of action they'd be like hold on a minute or like if they said something right. you know that just set off something like people should be aware of certain things that could give them idea or give them a hint that hey maybe something's wrong with this person and the big thing is just taking that step to be like hey how can i help you do you need help is there anything you you know, you would want to tell me. Right. And that comes down to whether the person's willing to talk about it or not, I guess. You know, I don't know. Okay. But, yeah, fellowship's a big thing. So, yeah, for bigger churches, if they're able to do, I guess, some sort of gatherings, yeah. And, I mean, if that's what would help people, I guess, not scare them away more, then that would be good to do. Because I know, oh, is it Grace does life groups. Um, yeah. And at one point in time, we had like 30 different life groups, all touching different topics. Um, right. So if you wanted to learn about this, you could go to this life group, you want to learn about that. And then there were some life groups that were uh, uh, hobby-based. You know, it was a Bible study, but they were based around a certain hobby. Okay. So if you liked riding motorcycles, if you had a cool car you liked driving, or so they found they found ways to intertwine. And that's where a bigger church a bigger could church have, yeah. you know. Right. Oh. And so, and I mean, yeah, yeah I don't know. Because I guess also for me, I, like I said, what I was saying depends on the person. I, but again, I don't really have any issue. This, I guess, compared to your average person, I would say I'm pretty average for everything. Are you sure? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of funny because the other day. <laughs> in the first first podcast when we started talking about this mental health thing yeah and he would give an examples of you know you say hey you're texting me you're like hey are you busy or do you what are you doing right now and i'm like oh yeah sorry i'm busy and you'd be like he doesn't want to hang out with me or anything yeah. kind of thing like yeah i i had stuff like that going on in my head yesterday just like i don't know maybe it was just one of those days right but it was just like I don't know. I just and, and that like and like I said last time, it happens every once. It happens every once. So this was it was happened like all the time for me. No, <laughs> like, yeah. it was just all the time. But yeah. yeah. So, I, but I mean, I guess I do. I would find it easier for myself to be like I'm always. It's always so much easier for me to be negative on myself in any situation rather than positive. I think that's true for any of us. We're always our big. Just, so we're, we're all our yeah, worst um, biggest critics. critics, whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. But um, are those your thoughts? What were what, my thoughts? Were I said were those your thoughts? Oh, were those my thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah. For me, I guess sometimes I feel like I would prefer a smaller church, obviously, than a bigger church, because I feel like I don't know. I mean, you get to know people more on a personal level, but then the big thing is. You know, I guess how people react to, oh, well, you have this as an issue. And then I guess depending on how they treat you through that is a huge thing. <sighs> um, but I mean, at fellowship, I wouldn't feel like anybody would be like, oh, you know, how dare you? How can you have this issue? You know, when you serve, you know, yeah. God and stuff like that, like there shouldn't be any issues with, you know, you or anything like this to make you think that. Yeah. It's like, well, no, there shouldn't be, but there is. So it's like, okay. I mean, but I feel like 
people here would gen- genuinely love you and want to help you and do the best for you, no matter what the circumstance is. Mm-hmm. So, and like, I haven't, I don't see any stuff with the whole mental illness thing in the churches because, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, it's not talked about. But then I feel like if you make that a huge thing to talk about, that could make things interesting at the same time. How, define interesting. Not good. Why, why not good if we talk about it? I don't because it puts a target on them. Okay, let me ask Would this. Would you like to be a target of a church? Well, let me ask this. How does that put a target on someone necessarily? Because we're not saying... Well, I would let me phrase this. I would hope when they talk about it that they're not like saying, "Oh, and the depressed people, Paul." Da, 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 well, no, know? they're not going to speak. They're not yeah. going to say their name for name. Yeah, but just putting on display, like, okay, you know, when you say, I guess when you would put up something for somebody that has a mental issues or mental uh-huh. illness, that's going to put in the mind of the people that there's people like that at this church. So then it's like comes a big searching party, like, oh, well, do you have mental issues or mental health issues and stuff? If we took a congregation and if everybody did an honest poll of 30 some odd answers of things they struggle with, I think that congregation would probably not do a hunting party and they would try to find people with similar things. Because the amount of people that are going to have some sort of an addiction and- and that's not just uh, substance, but that's also behavioral addiction because you can get addicted through behaviors. Um, it's 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 proven. No, no, I agree. I, oh. I was thinking of something else. I was, I was oh. thinking of something specific. That's why oh. I was. Um, or if it's uh, dealing with, um, uh, uh, you have a hard time with mental issues. Um, you know that's Studies have also come out that people who tend to steal, it's almost, you know, genetic. Uh, their oh, offspring yeah, have a chance. So it, it, it then comes to another thing of uh, uh, some sort of chemical imbalance or something not, not quite right with the brain. Um, I, uh, so I think if, if you had a poll and, and everybody saw what everybody struggled with, I think people would be unbelievably shocked. How Maybe. many people... Well, deal with some more things. Oh, yeah. What I was going to go with was, you know, what would you say then if, uh, uh, let's assume a, a, a decently staffed church yeah. that can handle this. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, go, but, no, no, no. Yeah, go on. Go on, go on. Go on would you have the same sort of argument for them then uh, promoting a class or talking about drug addiction? Would you have that same argument for that? Why, you shouldn't make it a target? Yeah. Yeah. You would. Yeah. Interesting. I guess when I when when you hear well pastor talks where whoever's talking at the church and they're giving examples of things you struggle with it's, it's always like this same I guess topics as you know, lying, sex yeah lying drugs, stealing pornography sex yeah whatever and or like there's so much more out there that people struggle oh with. no yeah and that's and, and that's what you're saying is they should talk about more stuff I yeah I guess but so it's like. It's not where you're putting a spotlight on something. Uh-huh. It's just you add more things that I guess into the category of needing help with. I think I'll also bounce this off of what you just said about the whole sex, pornography, uh, drinking, drugs, you know, all that. Um, when the church talks about it, they tend to talk about it as a bad thing. Right. Right. Is it bad? Yes. But the way that they approach it, 
You shall not do this. See, and I don't see that. You don't see that? I don't see that a lot. But it's because but, I've but, only but, been to three churches in but now, Racine. The way they've talked about it in youth group is there's so much old. When they've talked about it in youth group, there's been this almost like this emotion coming out of who's ever talking about it. And it's not like the kind of emotion of this is wrong, but it needs to be dealt with. It's this is wrong. You know, so it's almost like this anger, this this aggression behind the message is kind of. I guess it depends on how. I mean, I mean, it depends on who's speaking. It depends on the church is coming from and who's receiving it. Um, But it's like, I think it might be how people perceive other messages. So if they perceive a different message talking about um, this, you know, it's talking about sex before marriage, and they realize that the speaker, the pastor, and the congregation all have this aggressive attitude to- towards it, or or if we're talking about uh, homosexuality, and mm-hmm. they have this aggressive attitude towards it, it's definitely going to make somebody who has a different thing that hasn't been brought up in church, I can definitely see them not wanting to stick around and see what happens before it's even brought up. I can see people not wanting to stick around and see what happens. Because the common stereotype with Christians is we're hypocritical. And to a point, yes, that's correct. But it's hypocritical because we have an, a different end goal than one other people. But that's a whole different different conversation. Okay. I'll leave that. Um, but See, because when he was and at the church I was at today, the pastor, when we, one of the topics that came up was marriage at one point. Well, Mother's Day, whatever. Uh-huh. Marriage came up at one point, and the first thing, I mean, he was talking about where he he talked about homosexuality kind of thing, and I was like, go figure. And then, um, but the thing that made me nervous was like, okay, don't just leave it at that as being, or he was talking about like homosexual uh, activity and stuff like that, either like before marriage or whatever, just in general, you know, yeah, according to the Bible. Mm-mm. But so I was like, please don't just leave it at that. Like, go farther into more other examples, so then, and which he did. So I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Because I feel like, you know, some churches, they will say a few examples okay. that, I don't know, you know, well, it could be either be a big topic at the time or not. I don't know. But then they don't address so many other different things where it's just like, okay. They well, kind of just put it on a poster board and leave it at that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, well, I mean, yeah. I, I think... Churches are probably trying to address more of the immediate issues. Well, yeah, the and that's, big, big yeah. issues that are out there. And then there's another issue that starts up, and those, oh, shoot, now we got to move on to this one. Well, then they'll stick on that. They'll get that one down after a while, and then, oh, there's a oh, new one out again. Oh, I mean, you got to go back to the one from yeah. three topics ago. I will say this. The one thing I love my great-grandpa said on his deathbed, uh, he looked at my father and he said, John, why are there so many denominations? Hmm. It's yeah. all about the soul. It's all about the what? The soul. It's all about Christ. Oh, okay. okay. I was like, where is he taking this? I was like, what you know, is the soul? It's, it's, you know, <laughs> it's, all, about it's, Jesus. it's all about Christ mm-hmm. and, and, your, and your soul. And denominations are pointless. Why is there so many denominations if the end goal is accepting Christ? It's living a life for Christ. Yeah, they have. Now, the denominations come in is how do you live that life for Christ? 
Yeah, there's some difference in yeah. theology between them, but, but you know, for the most part, you know, the big factor it, is the whole being saved yeah, process. I, for mm-hmm. the most part, those that's all the same, and we can agree to disagree on some of the other things, other things that maybe you know, choice of music or how do you do communion yeah. or stuff like that. You if know. it doesn't have an impact on the whole salvation thing, then then that, that like. What, when, that's an interfamily fight at that point. Yeah, and then, I mean, yeah, and then there's the whole thing is just agree to disagree. Yep, kind of thing, and just let it go on. Okay. So, but yeah, I don't, yeah, I it, it, honestly, I really don't know. It's yeah, okay. there's well, there's I, so many. Well, I have a few thoughts. Things. things. Oh yeah, you still have to give your thoughts. Well, uh, no, because and I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts before mm-hmm. I said anything, so that way I didn't kind of like taint the well. Sure. <laughs> That's what you want to call it. I've heard that one before. Not. Of course. That's not a common phrase. I just said it just to say it. Okay. It's not like a phrase like I, I hear all the time and that I'm like, well, why don't you know it? You know? Okay. So, um, reading so, the tea leaves. So, yeah, exactly. Reading the, reading the tea leaves. Uh, so some of this information I have is from uh, Christianity Today. It's from an article in April of 2018. Uh, the article is called Church and Mental Health. Uh, what do the numbers tell us? Hmm. Uh, so th- this is, you know, a little over a year old. So it's not like we're talking about an article that's, you know, decades or anything like that. We're talking about something that's kind of pretty recently here. So one of the things that they uh, address in here, and I agree with this, I didn't know what the numbers were, now I do, um, is that I do think the church from the pulpit, so whoever's speaking, because, okay, most churches that I've been to, I'll, I'll say this, that I've been to, most churches, the pastor or whoever is speaking speaks from the Bible or whatever. Rarely do they go on tangential subject only where they're not necessarily referencing the Bible, but they're just one, they're just talking about it, right? It's kind of rare, at least from the churches I've been to. That being said, I do think Mental health is one of those things where maybe they need to do that a little bit. Um, according to this, nearly half, so 49%, say they rarely or never speak on the subject of mental health to their churches. They never even bring it up. It's never even addressed. So if you're sitting someone, and this kind of goes back to something that you were saying there, Mr. Johnson, you know, if you're someone in the congregation and they're talking about, you know, sin in general, you know, pornography, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they're saying how this is bad, how, you know, if you're dealing with this, you should, you know, stop. Here's how you can get help, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But your thing never comes up, you know. Oh, what about depression? Well, we're never going to talk about that. Either that's now an unapproachable topic, you know, you know, which then, quote, unquote, unapproachable topics usually have that additional weight of, you know, a little more shame and a little more weight on them. Or maybe it's such a bad thing that, it's not publicly addressable, or it's one of those things where, where it's you're you're not even going to address it. So how how does this fit into my everyday life? This is something that's real. How does this work? And what that also does is people who are not dealing with it then are not necessarily aware that that might not that that might be a thing, right? So because okay, mm-hmm. so I'm assuming you didn't know me, okay. Mm-hmm. You and your family, if you and your family just lived in their little bubble that you live in, okay, you, and I say low bubble, so I mean you only interact really with you three, would you know anything about mental health or how that worked? 
Because that's supposed to a point. I mean, my dad had struggled with depression quite a bit. Okay, in his he did. Days. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you know, let's say he did or whatever, and you three were happy and on your own. You know, there's a lot of families out there, thankfully. Yeah, right. Where that never pops up into their family. Mm-hmm. And they well, never I mean, have to deal you with ex- it. Okay, yeah, within your family now. Mm-hmm. But I guess just being out in the world, you're going to hear about it at some point. It, more days, more or less nowadays, yeah. Well, nowadays especially. Yeah. Because it's such a big thing now. Well, at least talked about a lot more yep. now. But it's also one of those things that uh, I think both of you even said this, where it's not talked about in the church, where it's not addressed as something that affects people who go to no, the church. I haven't specific, specifically being mentioned as mental health or, yeah. m- you know, mental illness or whatever. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I mean, but there's been, I guess, I feel like I've heard, you know, either messages or whatever. Where, I mean, depression is talked about or anxiety is talked about. But, I mean, is it? It's talked about in the context of what the story is at that point, typically, from from what I've heard. Of the story. You know, whether it's about David or it's about whomever. Oh, okay. You know, uh, it, it's it's in the context of that, not so much, if you're dealing with depression, read this verse to da-da-da. You know, not that I've heard. Okay. That's just my, are, mm-hmm. are you hearing different things? Oh, I've, well, I mean, it's been a long time since I feel like I've heard, I guess, a message where it's talked about depression or anxiety. But I mean, I know that's been stuff that's been talked about in the past before. Is mm-hmm. it done a lot? No. No. But, I mean, it's not like it hasn't been talked about. But, uh, I mean, I guess what would stop a person from Googling that then or looking into it for themselves? From Googling about depression? Yeah. Or... Well, I mean, like if you're a church goer yeah. and you want to know, you know what the Bible has to say about it. I mean, if your church isn't talking about, why wouldn't they try and find something like on the internet that okay. has to talk about it? I guess would be I, my and, question. And and yeah, and some people do. Like we have Mister Mister mm-hmm. Brewer over here who started doing some research on his own. Mm-hmm. But up until that point, you know. Josh, were you doing any research or anything like that about it? it especially if it wasn't talked about? No. You were, you were just going around saying, suck it up, buttercup. No, I'm not talking about from I, the I, person that's out that's not dealing with it. I'm talking about the person that is dealing with well, it. Well, you can deal with it and know that, again, it comes back to that logical versus, versus emotional part but of what's, the brain. Talking, would they Google it and try and find help at all? Not necessarily. Okay. Because you can Google it, and you can see all the – and honestly, if you Google it, there's – I found a lot of articles out there on the web um, mm-hmm. that, that basically try to link depression and feeling depressed to, oh, you did something sinful in your life. Mm. You know, and I was just like yeah. – I guess that depends on what you're Googling then, I guess. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've looked up stuff, like either like Bible verses or stuff like that to help deal with depression or other issues, yeah. and I – I didn't come across. Yeah, that's if you're if you specifically search Bible verses for depression. Well, I'm just yeah, that being one of the examples. But okay, yeah, and there comes a point where yes, it's um, it's comforting in some way. But I'll be a hundred percent honest. When you're in that point in time, for the most part, it's like, oh look, here's a cute little Bible verse that talks about depression in some way. Why is this supposed to make me feel better? (laughs) Again. 
stupid brain as I call it, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, but also I think at the same time, you know, that to the fact that we're not talking about it in, when, when I say church, like I'll, I'll phrase it this way in big church, when I say big church, I mean like upstairs in the sermon in that. So I'm not saying you have to dedicate like a whole sermon series to that. I'm saying once in a while address the issue, the fact that you have people in your church that have mental so, health issues. Well, then I guess, yeah, would, then would you do that with any subject then? Yeah. Now, when I say that, yes, I say a subject that, so, and it's weird in this way. In, in a certain ways, mental health, talking about it is still kind of taboo in certain ways. It's a little weird. So, going back to this article I have here from uh, Christianity Today, um, 60% of the people surveyed said local churches um, should pers- you know, provide some support group of some type or like link up with an art church that does only for the fact and, and kind of promote it, if only for things to raise awareness of it so it's not um, thought of as a taboo subject to even talk about or bring up at a time. And the other thing that was kind of interesting is, and again, I, Pastor Dave, I'm grateful to him to what he had, but, you know, he didn't, when I talked with him in that, he didn't have an exact list of where I could go for further. He had a kind of idea of who we could ping for ideas. And this says that only about 68% of pastors um, say that their churches have a list of like, oh, you're depressed or you have this mental health issue. This is where you can go. Okay. But on the flip side, the perception is by people who maybe are struggling or if they're family members, only about three in 10 people say that their church has such a list. Hmm. So maybe churches can also make that a little bit more public. You know, they don't necessarily have to target, you know, the same way that, you know, you're saying, hey, you know what, are you struggling with uh, drug and alcohol stuff? You know, here's a place where you can go for help or whatever. Mm-hmm. Are you struggling with mental health? Here's a place you can go for help. They could just put that in the bulletin or, you know, on the announcements or whatever. That doesn't have to be a, yeah. a targeting list like, and doesn't have to go out and hunt them. Mm-hmm. It could be just there as information. Because right. then that also helps the person who maybe doesn't want to be the person who goes and talks to the pastor or talks to whoever or, you know, to, to find out that information. They can go, oh, look, it's here in the paper. Okay. It's right I, there. I can, I, can, I can leave and take it with me. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I think those are, those are a couple things. Um, because, you know, I, I have a feeling that if the congregation, if the people know what resources are available for them, they might take advantage of them a little bit more. I had no idea what resources were available for me. Zero. Really? Really. Mm. I, I, the only resources I knew available for me were you, Pastor Dave Andy. That was it. To help with mental illness. That was it. I knew nothing else. I knew, I didn't know where to go. You didn't think about going to a doctor at any point? Heck no. Because I always wondered, why is that one of their big questions, though, when they ask you in the doc, and like when you go to see a, a doctor or yeah. your doctor? I've always been asked, do you have any issues of depression or whatever? So that would be like one of the first places if besides church for me to go to, I guess, to seek help. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, like, I didn't even think of the doctor. And what's fun now? Guess what? My doctor doesn't have to ask me that question. <laughs> <laughs> he now asks, he, he now asks, so how's the depression being yeah, managed? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really. As a record of 
what prescription items, I'm sure. Um, I had to, I had to actually sign special documents to allow him access to see that information. Oh, wow. He, by default, could not. That's weird. Um, so, like, since I went into the psychiatric hospital, um, by default, he was not able to see that information, including um, the prescriptions. I had to sign special paperwork to allow him access to those medical records, as well as to see the prescriptions that were being prescribed by my psychiatrist. Hmm. That's wild. Otherwise, he would not know any of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's crazy. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and really what I think this comes down to, you know, from from my perspective is that stigma almost needs to go away, that it's not something that you can just pray away, that it's not something that is, oh, you are not being a good, you know, as Nurse Sarah said, you're not being a good enough Christian, that mm-hmm. medication doesn't mean that you're weak in that regard. No. Sometimes you need it. Yeah, sometimes. You, you know. And I'm grateful that Pastor Dave is of the mindset and he understands that, that sometimes, no matter what, sometimes you just have to go and get the medication, <laughs> you know? And, and I know there are pastors, unfortunately, there are, are pastors out there that are of the other way. Thankfully, mm-hmm. that number is going down, um, you know, and unfortunately, you st- I mean, what was it, last year? Yeah, it was last year where there was a pastor that committed suicide. They had made national news. You don't remember that? I never heard about it. Yeah, so he left, uh, he committed suicide, um, and, oh, it was, let me pull this up here. It was a California church pastor. It was August 2017, August 27th, 2018. Yeah, uh, Andrew Stockland. He mm. took tried to take his life. Uh, he left behind three young children and his wife. Mm. You know, a pastor. I say pastors probably. They definitely don't. I don't want to say they have it harder than anybody else, but they, they definitely be, do have it hard. They can be held up to a higher standard, which is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Um, which which is the case for most most places, most churches, and you know, being a pastor, where do you really go? Because the idea is you're supposed to be the picture-perfect Christian, the picture-perfect family. And, well, my pastor struggles with depression. How is he going to help me with mine if he's struggling? You know, and yeah, it's a stereotypical thought that uh, Christians and non-Christians have of pastors is wrong. Yeah. They've been blessed with the ability to uh, to take the, the, the words of the Bible and to bring them to people. Yeah, that's it. But I mean, they are supposed to. I mean, aren't the big difference in some in certain ways? I guess they do have to have you know more it more together than your average family. Well, I'd want to say more together. So that's what. Yeah, I I would. I would say maybe people that listen and can't see it. Yeah, maybe not more. more, They're just held to more. Well. If you're a pastor, you should have a better understanding of where you are in your life and how to keep yourself on the right path more so than one of us three. Because their job is to represent what they're speaking as as best to their ability as possible. So if they're not trying to make sure that they're doing and honoring God to the best of their ability, ability then i could see that being a, but an, an issue but if it is something that they're struggling with but are they not human 
And that's, yeah, that's the thing I'm getting at is they're going to have issues. Um, oh no. And that's, and that's what I was, yeah, that's what I was saying is they're blessed with the ability to, to interpret the Bible and bring it to the people, but they still are flesh. So according to this article I have open here, I, I want you both to take a number zero to 100. This is from a survey. The percentage of pastors who indicated they had battled, battled, a battled, a mental illness of some kind on a personal level. They themselves. A personal level between 1 to 100? Yeah. I'm going to say 39. 39 is my number. Johnson? 1 to 100? Yeah. What's the percentage of pastors who, responding to the survey, indicate that they themselves battle with mental illness? Uh, You said 39? You said 39. Uh, I like doing things in, like, fourth, so I'm going to say 25 and go short. <laughs> You're not that far off. Sick. Twenty three percent of pastors. Impressive, Johnson. Now, twelve percent said that they had been formally diagnosed. The others said they have not gone in for diagnosis. So, yawning, Josh yawns. <laughs> Get that out of your system. <sighs> so, I mean, even within the pastoral system. You have that 11% who says that they are struggling with it but are not seeking treatment. Yeah. That doesn't bode well for their congregation then. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm trying not to be critical of them, but you know, if they're not seeking treatment themselves, they're not necessarily probably going to be the most encouraging of their people in their congregation to go and seek treatment if they need it. You oh, well, to tell people that need that yeah. they should go get it treated. I guess in that aspect, yeah. So, I mean… But that's a little surprising. Twenty, almost twenty five percent. One in four. That's what I said. They're human still. They're gonna yeah. have issues, right? As much as that, that we would not like that to be the case. So yeah, I, I, I really think the biggest thing is churches need to address this more. They need to make it known that, hey, you know what? Just like people suffer with lusting after guitars and, mm. uh. You know, lusting after airplanes. Roasted maple necks. Lusting after technology, mm. drugs, whatever. People do suffer with mental health issues as well. And it is a valid thing. And it's not because the person hasn't prayed enough or hasn't, you know, read their Bible enough or isn't devoted to God enough or isn't anything like that. I would say that could be a state uh, the, that could be the case for some instances, but I, not all. I think it plays a part in it. Yes. I, I think it can play a part in it. What can you mean just play a part in it? Like, I, I think, you know, some of that feeling, you know, about being worthless or whatever, you know, it comes from depression or whatever. Maybe some of it is attributed to them, you know, not praying enough for that. I won't say, Absolutely. I, 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 I wouldn't say though that that is the root cause I, or anything like I that. I disagree in certain cases, but. Yeah, you just like I said. That's what I said. It can contribute to it, but yeah, I, I want to go so as far as to say that's the cause. Anytime, mm. Mm. so I said okay. it, it. It it can make it can maybe help from being depressed to depressed and suicidal. Maybe it helps with that regard, but I, I wouldn't say that that's always the case. I'm not saying it's always the case. I know. I'm just saying it could be. I wouldn't. I would say always jump to the can, conclusion. Oh shoot, I need to go get meds. Like I wouldn't have that be, I guess, my 
just for me personally, I want to have that be my first concern. Well, but the only time they really put that as a first thing is like when you're suicidal. If you're just depressed, they're going to try like therapy in that first. What? So if you're just depressed, yeah, they're going to try therapy first. Yeah. Before meds. If you're suicidal, they're going to jump you right on meds. Yeah, I know. I'm, yeah. Okay. You know, I, just I, going. Yeah, but I'm saying, yes, I could see that contributing, but I wouldn't put that as a, a, a cause anytime, ever. But that, okay. um, so yes, that, and then also resources in the community, you know, like, like the churches make available all the other resources. They should make those available for, you know, people who are suffering through mental health issues. And because I was talking with um, someone from the church today who said hi to you. Um, and she was talking about how she goes and visits the jails a lot. And there are a lot of people in there who the only reason they're in the jail is because they have a diagnosed mental health issue and they have nowhere to put them other than the jail Hmm. at this point. They don't have room in, uh, any of the psychiatric hospitals because they're maybe homeless and don't have insurance, you know, as much as. Josh likes to think that homeless people just like to be there to interact with people. You know, there's some people who are homeless because they have some sort of issue going on with them. Mm. So that's, that's what. Hmm. Nice. Good one. Good one. Good one, Josh. At least I'm not the only one that did something today. Uh, Like hitting my microphone. You guys are just going to cause me issues for editing. Why? Why? We're each individually tracked. It's fine. Still. Is, is that hard to get out? <laughs> I'm going to shoot that heart. <laughs> He's a murderous kind. I am. Anyways. <laughs> This is going to be a great ending now. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this thing up, shall we? Say, Joshy boy has to get the cheesecake dinners. factory. Ah, I got to get the dinners. Yeah. yeah. With his lovely Mr. mother. Mr. Brewer doesn't know how to combine family outings into one family outing. See, two I miss, different families. You can combine them into one. Eventually, you're hoping there'll be one. Well, I'm hoping my family is still at home by the time I get home. Oh, you're going somewhere too? No. They were came over for lunch. Yeah, they were celebrating my niece's birthday, and uh, my aunt and uncle came down. And yeah, but my my family will be home when I get home. My but dog. I came here. My to dog. Do this. My dog will be there. Okay, puppy. <laughs> yeah, park, park, park. little doggo, not puppy. So, anyways, yeah. Any uh, thoughts from you too? And ending this up, I am. I'm golden. I am platinum. Wow. Just have to one-up me. Fine. Yeah, he always has to. Um, <clears throat> wow. Okay. My final thoughts then. Don't let this be something that isn't talked about. As scary and as weird as it can be and as differing of opinions as can be, like me and Johnson, where we kind of diverge on our thoughts on some things, and that's fine. Agree to disagree. Yeah, we'll agree to disagree on this one. It's okay. And that's fine. Um, but don't let this be something that festers. If this is something that's going on, even if you're a little scared with how you may feel people in the church are responding, 
don't let it be something that keeps you from seeking help yeah. or guidance and uh, that. And if the church you're going to doesn't have the resources, maybe see if there's another church in the area that does, or if your pastor is able to connect you to other locations that might have uh, trained counselors or trained things. You know, there are some churches that have trained counselors on staff, typically in a larger church. Um, but that's what happens sometimes, you know, especially in small churches, you're not going to have that. So especially if you want to be in a small church, well, <laughs> you may not have that ability, but there may be someone in there who can direct you to the right way. So I, this is something that's important. Mental health and how the church reacts to it has gotten better and hopefully will continue to get better as we go on in the future. And hopefully this isn't something that is hitting a standstill at where it's at now and then it stops getting better. Hopefully it's something that just keeps going on and getting better. So with that being said, uh, Josh has agreed to sing the outro song for us in our, his own way. Wait, uh, what? I'm just trying to see if I can get a reaction out of him while he's chugging well, milk. I was wondering, I was like, well, why did you bring up the mic like that? I have to stand up. Is that to get a good posture then? Yeah, I was like, so it's, yes, exactly. There so he go. can sing straight from the diaphragm. Well, I had to do something because both of you were sitting there passing a jug of milk back and forth between <laughs> each other. I'm like, yeah, they're not even paying attention. So let me get their attention again. <laughs> well, I, was, I mean, I was listening. I know. <laughs> it was more geared at this one over here to yeah. my right because. <laughs> yes, me. Yes. So me. milk is not good for your vocal cords. Yeah, exactly. No. No, it's not. Good. <laughs> was strong with you today. <laughs> Indeed it was, Master. Indeed it was. Can you be like Vision and just disappear and die? <laughs> wow. Spoilers. <laughs> um, that's over a year old spoiler, so. Yeah. Maybe people are waiting to get to see it. <laughs>